if you are trying to figure out how to freelance internationally, this episode is for you. This is the Successful Fashion Freelancer Podcast, and my name is Heidi. I am your host. And in this interview, I'm talking with PK, who is a freelancer out of India, and she works with clients around the world, Australia, Switzerland, the United States, as well as clients in her home country of India. And she talks a lot about how she built her freelance career. It didn't start off super amazing. She was really inspired to freelance when she had her son, and it kickstarted with a project and a client that did not pay her. So it was a little bit of a tough go there. Um, she started, you know, just trying to get more work, but she says it she just felt like a constant job hunt. She joined our freelance accelerator program fast, and she said it was a game changer. She instantly changed a few things in her freelance journey and started getting a lot of clients. She's now grown to the point that she is working with two other freelancers that she outsources work to because that's how much work she has coming in. So she talks a lot about how she built up to that stage, where she started finding clients, how she grew and got more clients, some of the key things that she did to attract clients. Um, And we also talk a lot about pricing and how she's managing working with brands around the world and being located in India where the wage is very different in India than it is in other countries. and so she talks a lot about how she's positioned her pricing and what she is charging for a tech pack and the fact that she works with Indian brands and she charges the same rate that she charges to work with brands in Switzerland or the U.S. And she said it's not about the country, it's about the brand. And I fully get behind this and I fully support this. It's not about the location, it's about the brand. Guess what? There's a lot of cheap brands out there. They are located around the world. You will always find them and they are not your client. There are also a lot of brands willing to pay a fair price and those brands are your client. Again, it does not matter where you are located. You can charge very fair wages and make a very comfortable living, even to the point that you're building and you are outsourcing work to other freelancers because you have so much work no matter where you live and no matter your experience. Um, let's see, what else do we talk about? We talk about, uh, like we said, the pricing, but she also talks, tells us how she collects payment because I've gotten a lot of questions recently on how to collect payment, especially internationally. So she shares her resources on that. Um, and she talks a little bit about the mindset shift that she had to have from going to being, from being an employee to being a freelancer and essentially owning her own business and and being an entrepreneur and being in charge of her own, you know, life on that level is very different than being employee. So she talks a little bit about the mindset shift there, which I think is really, really powerful. And she also shares, you know, how her life has changed, which is so amazing. She just says that she's got so much more freedom and flexibility now, and it's really inspiring. Her son is eight and loves watching her work and is very interested in what she's doing. And she says it's just been a, a really big change in life, and she really can't even put words onto it of what it's like working when she wants and and how much she wants compared to working at a nine to five job or more realistically a nine to nine job because fashion is never a nine to five job. So I know you're going to find so much inspiration in this story as well as some great insights and tips that you can apply to your own freelance career. If you are wanting to kickstart or grow your freelance journey, whether it's to earn some extra money on the side or just create a little bit more freedom and flexibility in your life and you're kind of sick of that nine to nine grind. I totally hear you. That's where I was in my journey um, way back in 2009, 2010 when I started my freelance career. I'd love to share our free resources with you. You can head on over to soheidi.com slash freelance. We'll link that up in the show notes and that will take you directly to some of our best resources on freelancing. They're absolutely free. And if you are interested in learning more about our freelance accelerator program, the same program that PK went through to get to where she is and to really uh, build the freelance career that she wanted, um, that opens up a few times a year and we share that on the email list. We also share that on Instagram. So make sure to get your name onto that list or follow me over on Instagram at so Heidi to find out about that. And in the meantime, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you being here and I hope you're having an awesome day, whatever it is you're doing and you're going to love this interview. So let's jump into it and chat with PK.
welcome, PK, to the podcast. Um, I know a little bit about your story from what you've sent me via email, but I'm super excited to dive in. Uh, can you please start first by introducing yourself to everyone listening and letting us know who you are and what you do in the fashion industry? Yes. First of all, uh, Heidi, I should thank you a lot uh, for uh, me being here at this moment, me being able to share my story because uh, you have contributed a lot to it. Uh, so it's a long 15-year journey, actually. I started off in uh, 2002. I enrolled for fashion school and and in there, I was always uh, graphic savvy as well. Mm. So when they introduced to me to Photoshop, I was like stoked. I used to attend all the classes, but then I do feel that that was not enough, seeing what I do today uh, with all the softwares, that was not enough. But that is how it all started. And then uh, after completing my studies, I worked uh, for a few years. Then I went to Italy, uh, Milan, to pursue further studies in fashion uh, in the Instituto Europeo di Design. And then I came back and I worked uh, almost about 10 years in a couple of companies, fashion companies, as a designer. You say you, and came, wherever, you came back. Is that to India? Yeah, I came back to India. Okay, so and you did your first schooling in India, then you went to, and you worked for a little bit, you went to Milan, and then you came back to India. Exactly. Okay, gotcha. And then I uh, worked for a couple of companies, uh, almost 10 years, and wherever I went, uh, it's because I was well-versed in the softwares. Uh, initially, it was Coral Draw. It was not Illustrator Corel, or Photoshop. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So just because I was more well-versed in that, I could stand out from other designers. Okay. And and then in 2013, I became a mom, and that's when a lot of things changed. Okay. And I was uh, I took a break, and for one year, I was a full-time stay-at-home mom. And uh, when he was about, when my son was about uh, one year, eight months or so, that is about 18 months, mm-hmm. uh, I was like, to be honest, fed up of, you know, dirty diapers and slangy. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. I was longing, yeah, <laughs> I was longing to get back to work. And also, I was uh, talking to about this to a friend and she said, why don't you try freelancing? Actually, freelancing was not a new concept at that time because I was this enthu kid when I just, you know, when I just enrolled in college, immediately I wanted to try my hands in all of all different things, and I used to go out. Uh, I studied in a city called Tirupur, and it is a garment hub. That's where a lot of exports happen to countries okay. like USA and all that. Okay. So I kind of I used to scout around companies, wondering if someone would give me a work. Though so those that those attempts were not so successful because I was completely new. That was in high school in or in early college. No, it was in college. Early it was college. in fashion school. Okay, yeah. first fashion. year okay. in fashion school. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, and uh, once I. Uh, I mean, uh, coming back to me being a mom and uh, I was just uh, talking to a friend who works in the industry and I was telling her that I'm really looking forward to come back to work, but I cannot go to a nine to five because now I have the little one and I don't want to leave him Yeah, and uh, all that. So she suggested, uh, I think my company might have an offer um, for a freelance project. And uh, that is how it all started. Okay. So I started uh, freelancing. Uh, I mean, uh, that is where I started exploring work from home opportunities. And I started with that one project. Uh, though that one, that particular one did not go really well. I had a lot of um, problems back and forth trying to get approvals from the client I did not uh, out of excitement I did not really uh, I mean get the client uh, I mean I did not send a proposal or I didn't know any of these things at that time yeah yeah so I just said okay okay I got the work fine and then I just went in wait for the baby to sleep and then just put my hole into that project and I ended up not being paid and all that yeah (laughs) you didn't get paid at all no, I didn't. Um, oh. that, uh, finally, it was. Uh, I was told that uh, maybe there was a lot of mistakes on on my part as well. Like sure. I just, I just sent emails and after emails asking them for approvals, there were no replies, and then you know there was a deadline, and I my only concern was I should finish before the deadline. But what I was doing, I was not really knowing, and then uh, they ended up saying this is not what we are looking for. 
and uh, and all that and it was and there was another print project which they liked and they approved also but i was like um following them up for payment after payment which never happened so uh. yeah so this is this is for how it started but eventually <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to give up mainly because there was no other uh, I did not want to go back to the 9 to 5 grind anymore and I know that somehow I should make this work and that is how with all the research I bumped into you on the internet okay so um, and yes uh, when I took the fast program it was a game changer and then i started understanding all the different systems that needs to be in place when you are freelancing and uh, till uh, today i've been implementing and learning i do i did have a lo- long breaks in between uh, whenever required i decided not to take in projects and that is like heavenly because when you can choose when you want to work and when you don't want to work yeah and yeah and when you do uh, get work uh it's um, i mean doing what you love in the comfort of your home when my son is playing by my side is really amazing yeah. and another thing is that um um how do you, how do i say it yeah when uh, i also got a lot of work uh, i kind of took in people uh took in people i know and trained them a little bit and then passed on projects to them and like we form a small team now so yeah. whenever i'm i need help i kind of um, get the help of my team and they are all remote working people they are all sitting in their own places their own cities and okay. it's really beautiful that's amazing okay so i just feel like we spanned like a 10 year or not 10 year but let's see you you had your son in 2013 and then you kind of started that freelancing project that you didn't get paid for it sounds like around 18 or 20 months so maybe that was like 2015 yeah um so then i feel like we jumped from like 2015 to 2021 <laughs> in like 3 minutes so i want to go through all of that um okay. i'm so excited to hear about all the details um you had sent me an email telling yeah. me a little bit about your journey and you had said something that really resonated with me and you had said um mm-hmm. when you first started freelancing you felt like it was just this endless cycle of like okay now that project's exactly. done i just have to apply for another job i just have to apply for another project and apply and you're it's just an endless cycle of like chasing a job talk exactly. to me a little bit about that yes i started freelancing i got this job from australia and it was all good and uh i had uh, i i had made prints for them and i enjoyed i loved it and all that and then once that was over i was like what next now yeah. i have to sit and start looking for another one and then that looking for another one became an, an endless journey so it was i still remember i found myself telling people somebody asked me how is it going and i'll say yes it's going great but it's like looking for a job all the time yeah that's tough yeah but eventually i think uh, i did get the help of a friend initially to send out emails because since i was managing a baby and um, it was difficult to do both at the same time to, uh, i started by cold emailing so i kind of uh, made a list of all the prospective uh, brands that i could work for and i made a list of all of them yeah. and then i started cold emailing found out the emails so it was a lot of work yeah uh but then the thing is when you work for one client and you do an exceptional job they ca- keep coming back yeah. so that is one thing and then secondly uh, they also tell other people so yeah. that way you don't have to uh, really keep doing this over again over and over again keep looking for more projects and and other thing also helped is i also teach uh illustrator in colleges in india oh okay so through that because i was in uh, popular among the students community um i uh, and also the professors in colleges i through the network i was able to pro- i mean get projects and also for the i mean for the existing clients they kind of referred me to other people okay and uh, so 
that way somehow or the other i was able to do it but just that uh, i think consistency is required i honestly in between i i kind of took a break and all that so i was not really consistent about that but i know it works okay so what were what like okay so you were at a point where you were feeling like you're on a constant job search which is yeah. not not a very great place to feel um exactly then what then you said you you joined fast and you said i think i want to quote you correctly you said it was a game changer um yeah. what did you do differently from once you joined fast and you learned some strategies what were you starting yeah. to do differently that you started to see um results and if i remember correctly from your email you were basically like i mean i like instantly turned things around yeah um actually basically everything i should say <laughs> I told you <laughs> I told you in my first project like before taking fast I I was well versed in design mm-hmm. I was a good designer uh, and I know my thing I I know what I do but just that was not enough you need to know how to find clients mm-hmm. you need to know when you find a client you need to know how to get them on board mm-hmm. and how to communicate with them and how to complete the whole thing you know go over the whole process of working for them and yeah. um, make sure that you're doing the right thing for them and make sure you're getting your approvals and all that yeah so all of this step by step i was not really aware like i told you in the first project i just got excited and i knew that back of the mind all this needs to happen i mean okay. not exactly all of this but i knew but i didn't know how i knew that we need to get uh, i mean i need to send a send something Uh, maybe a contract it, it was all maybes in my mind i was not really sh- sure yeah, about yeah, yeah, yeah. so but then i thought it's the first project let me uh, give it a go and i i ended up being burned but eventually down the line there were a lot of other uh, few projects as well where it did not go well and so fast was a step by step guidance you do this don't do this do this don't do this <laughs> and that was really great so yeah. when i uh, i so now i know how to find clients i know when i find somebody i know that i need to send uh, what i need to send what i how i need to talk to them and uh, go how to go about a few things i yeah. mean the whole process i'm clear now so it's fantastic and i'm so happy that it was so helpful for you um can you like for the people out there listening who might be in in your situation where they're like maybe trying to find their first job their first freelance gig yeah. or they maybe they got burned and they're like oh my gosh how do i do this like what would be some um specific things that you applied from the course that you felt mm-hmm. had a really big impact for you yes first of all i think picking a niche that that was very powerful picking okay. a niche yeah uh because in my experience i have seen a lot of people asking if you can design activewear for example and then you don't have activewear in your portfolio and uh, they don't take you but if the main point is that maybe uh, initially i felt that if i don't include everything in your portfolio someone comes to me and asks for activewear or kidswear i would miss out mm-hmm. but then when you said that there would be hundreds of brands in that one niche and all you need is a yes from one or two mm-hmm. so that was a real game changer mm. and that is one thing then what did you what what niche did you narrow down to i am very uh, print savvy i love art and okay. print and all that so a lot so of textiles I, okay i have uh, gone down to print heavy women's wear print heavy women's wear okay yes, i love that but but down the line i've also had requests from kids wear okay so it's kind of um, both <laughs> and but are those print those projects lean print heavy as well sorry do those projects for the kids wear are those print heavy as well no uh, oh okay actually 
both i should say um, it was more of tech packs and all that so okay. once you show them a sample tech pack they know that okay you can do it and then you can um, i mean they are they agree to it okay, okay. fine okay. you can do it and recently i even had uh, i did a plus size women's project so when i told her that i don't have experience in plus size but it's the same thing just that the proportions are different so i can give it a try she said okay fine i see that your tech packs are really well and detailed and nice so i don't mind and it went out re- went on really well that's amazing yeah so it sounds so, like you focused niche initially but then as you started getting more work you got opportunities yep. that were outside of your niche and you took those as they felt appropriate Exactly, exactly. Okay. I love so that. I just tell them, I just tell them honestly that uh, I have not, if I get a request for something that I have not done before, uh-huh. I just tell them that I've not done this before, but I've done a couple of other projects in this niche. Okay. And it's the same, uh, the design principles are same, just that this small thing is different. So I can apply it to that. So yeah. if you're feeling confident, I'll go for it. Okay. So depending if they are okay with it, then we proceed. And where are these people approaching you from? Is this from referrals and word of mouth? Are they finding your website? Like where are they find? Where are they coming okay. from? Actually, right uh, because uh, because I've been teaching Illustrator and I kind of uh, also share some things on social media, and through that, I also get a lot of requests for pro- design projects. Oh, okay. So that through, is one thing through teaching and through social media. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, actually, it was a great relief when um, I learned that I don't have to, you know, gather followers on social media because everybody was doing it, and I thought I should do it too. Uh, <laughs> to get, <laughs> yeah, to get yeah. design projects. But uh, what I did, what I experimented with, is when you just share some snippets every day. Honestly, I'm not doing it uh, consistently, but if it is done. Just a little bit, not not too perfect, not the final work. Mm-hmm. Just every day, if something you share as a, um, I mean, as a part of your life as a designer, uh, like you know, um, for example, right now my son is eight years old and he gets really curious uh, at me looking at me working with colors and uh, the software Illustrator and all that. So he kind of tells me, can I do this? Can I do this? And he sits on my, I say, okay. And then he just draws something over there. So I just click a picture of that and share. Oh, uh, I love that. Yeah. So very, very small things, a picture of your sketchbook or. Very real uh, life things. Yeah. Yeah. You're not trying to make it. Yeah. You're not trying to make it all like former, formal and branded and these perfect posts. You're just kind of like sharing real life stuff. I love that. Exactly. Okay. In the spur of the moment, in the spur of the moment, you just find something inspiring. Like uh, recently I went to a temple and the architecture was really uh, nice. And uh, I just click on that and then write in the caption that I really inspired by this and all that. Okay. So all these small, small things really uh, helps you be visible and and uh, it really gets people uh, looking at you. Okay. I love that. that. The thing. Yeah. Um, okay. So niche really helped you. And then you do have some organic clients coming through social media and your teaching job. Um, what else were some of the big things that you implemented that you feel like made a big change from where you were before, like job hunting full-time to where you are now? Mm-hmm. Uh can you uh, please say that again? I'm yes, sorry. sorry. That's okay. Um, you yeah. had said that being niche, so when you enrolled yeah. in FAST, the first thing yeah. you did was you you came very niche and that really yes. helped your business. Yes. What What are like maybe one or two other things that you learned inside the program that you implemented and you saw big results? Yes. I think sending out a business proposal is another game changer. Mm. Uh, so initially... When I was just starting out, I knew that somewhere people kept telling, I kept hearing things like you have to have a contract and all that, but all that sounded very complicated. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, what should I do? <laughs> should I go to a lawyer and all that? So I think it became really simple once I knew what it needs to be done. And one thing is that all the terms, if you outline it in the proposal very clearly, I think saves a lot of heartache and um, and uh, there is like even the simplest of things like for example 
if you're working for a client in a different country, maybe you also need to write down who bears the currency conversion charges. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because uh, recently in my experience, I also had this little um, problem with that. We did not talk this out earlier and then it ended up. But though it's a very small amount for us in countries like India, that small could be a huge amount. So maybe uh, when uh, things like this, even the simplest of things, you can just uh, write write it down in the business proposal. And yeah. of course, the... Uh, the other the payment terms and all that and get them to agree and that yeah. is really a, another game changer the business okay. proposal yeah. yeah so it sounds like you were able to use a lot of the business templates inside the program and yeah. make your life a lot easier and you don't have to mess with a lawyer or do any of that it's really not as yeah. complicated as, as I think a lot of people make it in their head yes um can you talk a little bit about you touched on it right there like where are most of your clients located yes uh, initially, I worked for Kidswear brand from Australia. Okay. And then I did a lot of surface pattern design for uh, studios in uh, Switzerland and USA. Okay. And yeah, the and uh, another uh, the plus size project was from USA as well. Okay. And uh, and now off the late, I'm also getting a lot of requests from my home country, India as well. Okay, I love that. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about um, pricing? Because um, a question that I hear a lot is mm-hmm. people are unsure, do they price based on wages in the country where they live or the international or, or, or the, where the client lives if it's international? Um, okay. So like, for example, you're in India, the, the pay yeah. rate is very different there than it is in the United States. Like yes. on average, what does a designer make in a year working full time? In U.S. dollars, Do you, um, can you tell me a I'm range? Not, yeah, I'm not really able to put a number to that, but okay. I can. Uh, from what I do, uh, I can say that if the client is um, no, uh, if I, I mean, it, first of all, it depends upon the designer and her experience and what okay. you are willing to do. Sure. Uh, like if there are, uh, you know, different stages in which a designer is initial stage where maybe you want to give it a try you want to give it a shot and you don't really um, you're not uh, you don't want really uh, I mean you're not particular about the price that could be one stage sure and then the second stage is like okay I'm all I've I'm all set and done I'm I'm not ready to work uh, unless it is below uh, I mean above this particular amount right so these are like two uh, two situations so it depends upon your willingness how how much you are willing to do and how much uh, you are willing to uh, let go so and uh, this is one criteria and the second one is how much the client is willing to pay so obviously an Indian client uh, with an Indian designer uh, would uh, say that it is too uh, high but there are Indian clients who also appreciate your work and are yeah. ready to pay yep. that uh, the higher rate. So if you are really experienced and if you uh, don't um, want to go for the lower rate, you can pitch a higher rate to Indian clients as well. Okay. And the same thing is in the U.S. or in any country, honestly, there's brands that want to okay. pay a really low price and then there's brands yeah. that are willing to pay um, – <clears throat> Uh, the the right price or a more fair price for the right yeah. person. So I always point that out. I'm like, you guys, there's cheap brands everywhere that just yes. want the cheapest person. And there's brands that are willing to pay the right price no matter where you're located. Um, yes. And if you find a brand that's just really being cheap with you, then guess what? They're not your client and that's fine. Move on. Or maybe they are and you exactly. take them on and it's a learning experience for your first project or something. But just be mindful that those those clients that want the really inexpensive work, they're typically the hardest clients to work for. I don't know if you've yes. experienced that firsthand. Yes. I've had people even uh, say to me that I will surely pay you, but I will pay you if I like your design. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that is horrible. Hell so, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had this one incident where someone said this to me and I said, okay, fine, um, that's not possible. And uh, he kind of said... Uh, okay, I will go over to the 70 other designers that are on the line for this. 
like fine. Fine, all the best. Do <laughs> all it. The best. Have fun with yeah. that project. You go yeah. with your bad self. <laughs> um, okay, so you find clients um, in your home country of India who are willing to pay you a very fair rate. And then, like, what about working abroad in U in the U.S.? Like, is is it an arrangement where you know they might be getting um, a lower rate than they could pay someone with your amount of experience? Um, in the U.S., okay. but the rate you're getting is still very um, healthy based on your cost of living. Like, what does that actually look like? Okay, actually, I live in a city where the cost of living is really high. Oh, you know. do? Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. okay. Uh, but I don't really take into consideration that I'm in India. In fact, uh, to be honest, the pricing thing I'm still trying to work out. Yep. Uh, so I worked on um, about uh, $150 to $200 a tech pack Okay. Uh, in the past. Okay. And uh, I think that is okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, that is uh, the minimum. I mean, below that would be a little uh, difficult. But, I totally uh, agree. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe uh, eventually I should increase the price. Um, I'm just figuring it out still. Yeah. There's yeah. a big learning curve on pricing. I keep comparing yes. it. I just figured out this analogy a few weeks ago, so I probably mentioned it on every episode I've recorded recently, but pricing is like riding a bike. Like you can yes. read all the books and learn all the stuff, but you're not going to actually figure it out till you get on the bike and you might need some training wheels at first and you might fall off, but you'll keep yes. pedaling and you'll get stronger and better. Yeah. And I think uh, the COVID situation also has a lot to do with it. Mm. Uh, in, in in between COVID, uh, kind of brought all the things down. Uh, in fact, a uh, few of my clients shut down businesses, and that was really sad. Mm-hmm. But um, otherwise, uh, actually, if you're consistently freelancing, uh, because mm. I kind of was on and off with it. Like I told you, I took breaks in between and all yeah. that. Yeah. You will eventually start falling into a uh, I mean, there would be a rhythm to it and you will know exactly what to charge. Yeah. Yeah. You'll get yeah. in your groove for sure. And it sounds like you've already yes. made a lot of progress and learned a lot of good lessons. Um, yes. and then just really quickly, because I recently have gotten a lot of questions on this. Um, and I know I have my answer, but I would be curious what your answer is. Um, mm-hmm. how are you accepting payments internationally? Are you just okay. doing PayPal or what are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing PayPal. Okay. And, also, Stripe has mm-hmm. this. Uh, recently, I discovered that uh, you just open a Stripe account and you can create a link and send it to the client. That works as well. Beautiful. And I also tried with Payoneer, but Payoneer is kind of a little, uh, has been a little problematic for me. Okay. Uh, I've heard of that. Yeah. I've never used it. Okay. Okay, great. So PayPal and but, Stripe. Yeah. 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 Wonderful. Um and then talk a little bit about your team. So you, like, when did you get to the point that you were feeling like, I need people to help me? I have so much work. I, I'm going to mm-hmm. start hiring some people to, to outsource some of this work too. Because we, we have a lot of students inside of FAST who are at the breaking point of like, I have too much work. Okay. How do I outsource? So people are really okay. interested in what this looks like. Tell us about your experience. Cool. Okay, so I took, uh, first I started with one person and I wanted to make sure that she does what she wants. So I, she was totally new, fresh from college. In, for, in fact, she studied in the same institution where I did. And oh, okay. I kind of took her fresh as soon as she graduated and um, kind of trained her online. <laughs> A lot of things. <laughs> Where did you find her initially? Did you through your illustrator teaching gig? Yeah, and we also have this um, alumni group. Oh, okay, so, gotcha. So from there, I just asked. I'm looking for someone, and then she came over. And okay. uh, I should say that she's also a hardworking person. So she took in all that I had to give her. Yeah, and uh, a really uh, a good um, what do you call? It was a real great help for me. Good. So she was also able to learn from me and I love teaching. So I've also recently started taking private uh, because people started asking me uh, if I'm able to do this only because I'm from fashion. And so I should, uh, I mean, I also get a lot of feedback from people who are studying fashion saying that 
uh, when you don't know Illustrator or uh, the softwares and uh, when you have a design degree, it is of no use because people always in the industry prefer someone who can sketch digitally. Yeah. And uh, they were like, uh, we did not learn enough, teach us, teach us. Mm-hmm. So I started taking uh, private uh, tuitions. So I applied the same things to uh, whoever wants to work with me. Uh, so we just, I just got her and I trained her and now... She, she she is also a mom. She recently became a mom. Okay. And she stays in her own place in a different city. And okay. we just communicate whenever there is work. I just call her and uh, pass on the work and she's able to do it. That's and amazing. then eventually I got another person. Uh, another, uh, like when uh, she's not available, I have another girl who uh, also helps me in a similar manner. Okay. And how do you manage the projects? Like, do you still work directly with the client and deliver everything and communicate everything? And and these two women are in the background kind of working for you? Or what does that look like? Yes, that's how it is. Okay. Uh, I'm kind of communicating and everything and then passing on things. And still, uh, sometimes they would need guidance on how to do it and all that. That is when I pitch in and uh, help them. Otherwise, we kind of uh, do it together. I allot a part of the work to her and I do the rest. Okay. And do you, um, is it an hourly payment arrangement or do you just do like per project or how do you, how are you compensating yeah, these people? I yeah, I pay them per project. Per okay, project. I kind of we divide the, divide the thing, yeah. Okay, gotcha. This is amazing. You had said something else to me in your email about this. You were like, oh, you know, I wanted to, and if, correct me if I'm wrong, but from the beginning, you had some desire to build a team and an agency, correct? Yep. Yep. Okay. And you had said something to the extent of, I thought that I needed, you know, an office and like to bring everybody together, but then- Obviously, COVID and and life changed quite a bit in the last 18 months. And now you have it and you're doing it remotely and you realized I can still do it from the comfort of my home and they can still do it from the comfort of their home. And it's like, and you don't have an office space that you're paying for. I mean, it just sounded like it worked out really well. Yes, uh, that uh, is very true because a few years back when I just started and when I got these people and we, at that time, I don't know where we are going. I don't know if I would get the next project. So I just trained them online uh, and uh, we were working remotely long before COVID. And then uh, eventually I started feeling bored, be sitting alone at home. So I started going to a co-working space. Mm. And uh, in there, I found a lot of people and it was good but at the same time I it was a lot I mean it was too good because there were others who were regular employees who had to sit there but I could just come in and go out as in when I please yeah and uh, if I want I can I can choose to work from home if I feel bored I can choose to go there yeah and I would I still continued working remotely with uh, the other uh, person and it at that time it was in my mind looking at all the big companies there were also other huge companies that had their offices in there and looking at all of them I used to think that okay maybe once I grow to a certain extent I'll get an office like that and I'll have my team and all that and uh, even my friends there used to ask you have you have another person in your team you have two other people in your team why don't you call them in so I used to uh, think if I need to call them in there there are a lot of costs involved and I'm not sure if that is okay. A lot of costs, so, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Because you, I need to pay for their seats as well. And I need to provide them with uh, a lot of different things. Yeah. Right? So uh, so I, it was there. But eventually I was thinking that my growth would happen only if, I mean, I have grown only if that happens. That is how I was, mm. my mind was set. But when COVID came, I could see that so many huge companies going back to the model in which we were working. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> so all all of them kind of started working from home and doing Zoom and uh, this and that. And I was like really amused. I was like, wow, we would, we've been doing this for years together. And yeah. now everybody is doing our models. So yes, so it yeah. is possible and to work remotely and um, uh, with uh, today with Skype and Zoom and all that. Yeah. And uh, it's fine. It is totally fine. 
Um, I love that. I mean, obviously I don't love that COVID happened, but (laughs) I, you know, good things did come out of it. And it sounds like you really had a, a big realization that, no, you know what, I can do this on yep. on these remote terms and that makes it a lot easier for everybody and more cost effective too yep and the uh, thing is that a lot of clients are abroad and we haven't really met them in person yeah but we've worked with them and that's really amazing it is amazing i mean you're working yep. with people in australia and switzerland and the united states and um, yep. what about the people in in india or, uh, do you do in person <laughs> with people in india or are you still kind of just keep everything remote i don't know if any of them are near you uh, no, uh, most of them are not near me, okay. and I kind of don't really meet them as well. Okay. Yeah. Except those that in our in my city, and that is very rare. And now that after the COVID, it has become even more rare. Right. And um, the thing is, I'm also a, an introvert, and I love to be within four walls. So it's kind of become more <laughs> convenient for me. <laughs> I totally get it. I'm kind of the yeah. same way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Um, this is amazing. How does it feel like, you know, let's, let's Mm -hmm. like take a big jump in time here. You look back at like, let's say 2015 when you like had your first client, you didn't get paid. And then you were like, oh my gosh, I'm hunting job after job just to try to like get anything. And now here you are with a small team and like running a design agency and like absolutely crushing it. How does it feel to have made that transformation? It feels free. I think, uh, you know, it's kind of a freedom lifestyle. You choose to be where you want to be. Yeah. And uh, it feels, I mean, I have no words to describe it. Yeah. Uh, Mainly because I started off this freelancing journey because I wanted to be there for my son. That was the main drive to do this. Yeah. And, uh, and, um, even right now, I am talking to you from my parents' home, which is like miles away from where I really stay. And I still continue to, you know, travel when I want to. And uh, it's it's awesome. I, I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. You had yeah. said the last line in your email. I mean, I'm like going to say this without getting a tear in my eye. It's going to be hard. But the last line in your email that you had sent me when you first told me all of your <laughs> success was, it was so simple, but it was like so heart melting. It just said, I love my life. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yes. oh my gosh, it's so powerful. And, you know, I don't want to discount the hard work that you've put in and you've taken a lot of action and you, you know, you've mm-hmm. pushed yourself out of your comfort zone to get here, but, um, it's possible. Anyone can do this. And, yes. and I know, you know, I, I've just continued to talk to more and more people in various situations and located around the world that are crushing it just like you. And it's so powerful to be able to create that life of, like you said, freedom and just loving every minute of it. I mean, nothing's ever totally every minute of it, right? Sometimes we have bad moments, but, um, how does it compare to, and I know that it's hard to compare because when you were working nine to five, you didn't have a mm-hmm. child and that's a very different life. Um, I now yeah. can speak to that firsthand with Errol, who's 19 months now. Um, okay. how does like, how does your life now compare to like your life now as a designer compared to mm-hmm. working as a nine to five designer? Okay. Uh, when I was uh, working nine to five, uh, like you said, I didn't have. Uh, I'm, I was not even married, and I was not. Uh, I was not a mother. Mm-hmm. So my full, uh, my full attention was on my job and on my career. So I, there were days when I worked even from even for twelve hours. I worked from nine in the morning to nine in the evening. Yeah. And and I know that the garment industry is very demanding, and you need to be. Uh, fully out there and right now sitting at the comfort of my home and choosing to work or I mean choosing when to work and whom to work with and from being able to work from anywhere I mean I don't know how you can compare this and that those are two different worlds I think yeah two very different worlds yes though what the kind of work that we're doing is the same 
But I should really say that a lot of experience that I got in the industry when I work full time really helps. Yeah. Like what? Like the how the processes, how the industry works, how uh, the the I mean the technical processes of design and mm-hmm. how fiber goes into fabric and then uh, what are the different types of fabrics and what are uh, I mean how is the stitching process how from sampling how the sampling happens how the production happens that uh, that knowledge uh, really I think helps. Uh, even uh, I feel that sometimes I just I should just visit a factory for the um, you know for the heck of it. Yeah, just like, to yeah. keep up with that that experience and that firsthand yeah. knowledge. Yeah, I totally understand. Yeah. 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 Um, maybe once COVID finally hopefully dies <laughs> down soon, some t- at some yep. point. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, this is amazing. I'm so excited. What are you like? What are you thinking about for the future? Are you feeling really good where you're at? Do you, are you thinking about growing and bringing more people on? What are your plans? Yes, I I'm I'm going to uh, continue doing this, um, and uh, I, see. To be honest, I don't really have like have it all planned out. Okay. But what I'm doing currently is what I'm loving. On one side, I'm teaching. On one side, I'm designing, and yeah. so it's all coming uh, coming together beautifully. I love teaching as well. I love designing as well. Both yeah. both are like really things that I love. I love doing. So yeah. I would continue uh, doing this. Okay, and just see what comes your way. Yeah, exactly. I yes. love that. So in much. fact, uh, in between, uh, I, when I read your story about how you tried to start the brand, yeah. uh, it resonated <laughs> with me so much because I also did that. I, you, you know, did. when uh, yes, because, uh, I uh, kind of uh, started off when I was pregnant, and uh, I gave out two collections. I found a multi-brand outlet, and I used to do everything on my own actually yeah. that time. Yeah, and I just uh, made two small capsule collections of uh, T-shirts and I sent it to the store. And just 15 days before my due date, I decided for myself that I'm going to stop all this and take a break and then continue <laughs> continue once the baby is born. And once the baby is born, we all know that life changes upside down. Yeah. And I that is when I realized that, again, putting in a lot of money and trying to create your own brand is not going to be feasible at the moment so Mm -hmm. let me get on with freelancing and then the road changed (laughs) so would you ever go back to that or is it something you would pursue on the side you don't know maybe i i don't know yet uh right now um maybe not right now yeah i have no (laughs) idea in fact (laughs) okay okay so you're just kind of unsure on that okay um but you had a little taste of it so i feel like sometimes that's what a lot of people need to just get out of their system yep yeah Oh my gosh. I love it. PK, this was so fantastic to talk to you voice to voice and hear about your amazing success. Um, Congratulations on all of it. And uh, we're so lucky to have you inside of FAST and um, for you to just share your experience and your advice and your tips on what has helped you grow as a freelancer. Thank you so much for being here. Um, Two last questions. One is where can people connect with you online um, your Instagram, your LinkedIn, your website, what's the best place? Yeah, I, uh, Instagram is okay. Okay. Uh, or, uh, I have, uh, do I need to tell uh, my Instagram handle? Um, you can say it and then we'll definitely link it in the show notes too. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Or even by email, uh, like I'm recently going through a, a rebranding process, so I'm kind of trying to start a new Instagram account and all. Okay. So for the moment, for the moment, I think my email is okay. Uh, PKP eighty four eighty five at gmail dot com. PKP eighty four eighty five. At Gmail. At Gmail. Okay, fantastic. We'll link that in the show notes. And then when you get the new Instagram set up, um, you can email that to Tara and she'll get it added to the show notes so people can connect with you there. Yeah. Um, Yeah, And then I would love to end with the question I ask everybody at the end of the interview, and that is, what is one thing people never ask you about being a fashion freelancer that you wish they would? (laughs) I don't know. This... Um, I have no clue. <laughs> I've never thought about this. Yeah. Um, 
I I don't know. There's nothing like that, I think. Yeah. Like what do you yes. what do you love about being a freelancer? What do you love talking about about being a freelancer that people never really ask you about? Yeah, maybe I should uh, maybe there's one thing that we need to think about is I always tell uh, I mean I always think that when you, when you need to freelance, you need to have a change of mindset. Uh, you know, um, you need to get into that um, business mindset instead of uh, employee mindset uh, ah. to freelance. That is one thing that uh, we need to change. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. do you think, like, were some of the, like, one or two key mindset changes that you have learned from being an employee to being a business owner? Yeah, uh, I a lot of I find a lot of um, designers, especially in the, um, I mean, when they're starting out, uh, looking for an opportunity. Yes, uh, looking for an opportunity is what we all. That is how we think in that direction. I wish I got a got an opportunity, mm-hmm. but instead, when we look at uh, what problems you're solving for a client. You look at it in a different direction. Yeah. When you're looking, uh, when you're thinking of looking for an opportunity, you're looking from thinking from your side. But when you're looking at how what problems you're solving for your client, you're looking uh, thinking from the other side. Yeah, other side. So that kinds of kind of changes the whole game. Very smart. I love yep. that. Yep. Yeah, we talk about that a lot inside of Fast. How yep. you're here yep. to help solve their problem and help them achieve their goals, and it's not about hey, I'm a freelancer. Do you have any work for me? It's really about how you can help them. So you just kind of turn the tables a little bit, but that changes everything. Yep. Yep. I love that mindset shift. Beautiful. All right. Thank you so much, PK. It was lovely to chat with you. I know it's a little bit late here for me and it's really early in in India for you. So thank you for being flexible with the time zone to make this happen. And um, keep... I also thank you. Yeah. I also thank you for having me in in the podcast. Of course. It's my pleasure to chat with you and keep us updated on your growth and your journey. And we're so excited uh, about what you've achieved so far. And I know there's even more bigger things for you to to come for you in the future. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. What an amazing story, PK. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing. And thank you so much to each and every one of you for listening. I really hope you enjoyed that episode. If you are enjoying the Successful Fashion Freelancer podcast, make sure to subscribe in Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening so you don't miss out on future episodes. We talk exclusively about true remote freelancing in the fashion industry and so many great insights and stories to share. Um, You definitely don't want to miss out on any upcoming episodes. I also love to give a big shout out to Mark, my husband, who does all the tech and audio and editing behind the scenes to make sure that the show sounds good, as well as my kick-ass right-hand Tara, who does so many things and handles so many different moving pieces and parts to make sure that this show happens. Um, So two big people that you might not know really help put this together. We don't just show up and do an interview and put it on the shelf. Um, So thank you, Tara and Mark, for all your support. And again, thank you so much to you for listening. If you want uh, some support on kickstarting or growing your freelance career, head on over to SoHeidi.com slash freelance. The link is in the show notes and we'll hook you up with our best free resources. It's also the best way to find out about when our freelance accelerator program opens. It's only a couple times a year. And if you want to have a game changer in your freelance career and you feel like maybe you're spinning your wheels kind of hunting for freelance jobs over and over and over, it's this vicious cycle then there's so much value to be gained um, inside of the program. And if it's not for you, then that's fine too. But I'd love to share with you when it is open. So make sure to get your name on the email list or follow me on Instagram. It's all linked in the show notes. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for listening. And I'll talk to you in the next, next episode. Bye.